0: Well, it's another round of formal sessions in the books. The House adjourned at 1.12 a.m. on Wednesday, the Senate at 1.20 a.m. And, and uh, Katie Lennon, you were here, we were all here covering uh, those final formal sessions. And in that crush of late-night, last-minute legislating, uh, lawmakers pushed through high-profile bills dealing with opioids and economic development and other smaller pieces of legislation over the finish line in those final hours. But uh, Katie, tell us about what didn't make the cut this time around.
2: Yes, yeah, Sam, now that we're all hopefully a little bit back on the sort of regular sleep schedule, it's a good time to look back. Um, <laughs> and the two biggest casualties, of course, were the major bills that didn't emerge from conference committee. The, the gulf between the Senate and the House on education funding and health care just proved too vast to bridge, um, even after these talks had been ongoing for a while. On other issues, there was some last-minute activity that might have gotten hopes up as uh, advocates and activists watched the legislature on Monday and Tuesday. On Tuesday night, the Senate passed a bill they said would safeguard union rights after the Supreme Court's Janus ruling, but that came up around 10.30 p.m., so it was really too late to see it then make its way through the House. And A pair of bills affecting the LGBTQ community also stalled out. The House Ways and Means Committee had pulled out Senate President Karen Spilka's bill calling for a non-binary gender option on driver's licenses, but that never made it to the floor for a full vote. And then the Senate approved its own version of a house bill, uh, House-backed bill, house ban on conversion therapy, but that was just after midnight, and again, it didn't resurface before things wrapped up, like you said, Sam, after 1 a.m.
0: Mm. But this is not the end of the road now for everything, because... Session continues through to the new year.
2: That's right. And as lawmakers kind of pivot into campaign mode these next few months, we'll still see a lot of local bills, liquor licenses, sick leave banks, things like that (laughs) passed um, as we hang out in informal sessions until January. Now, in those informal sessions, for significant pieces of legislation to get through, there needs to be really a broad consensus around them since it only takes one person to block a bill's path in those types of sessions which are usually pretty lightly attended. One thing that could still find a way to move is the governor's housing bill, which he's been pushing for for months. Both he and uh, Representative Kevin Honan, the House Housing Committee chairman, have suggested it's premature to call that bill dead. Um, there could be a way to bring lawmakers on board and get that through, so we'll have to see what happens there.
0: We'll be watching. In and, and meantime, we'll uh, watch a few sick leave banks go through, too.
2: Don't forget about those liquor licenses. <laughs> Thanks, Katie. Thanks, Sam.
0: One of the big questions Tuesday night was whether the House and Senate negotiators would reach agreement on a bill to address the opioid crisis. They did, and a couple hours later, this bill was en route to the governor's desk. Andy Metzger, you've been covering this right along. How do you think they came to the agreement, and and tell us what exactly they agreed to here.
1: Uh, well, unlike, say, the big health care overhaul bill that did not get done, the House and Senate were fundamentally on the same page when it came to uh, expanding access to therapies to help those who are addicted to heroin and opioids like fentanyl. Um, the basic approach is to fight fire with fire. I mean, there are people who are addicted to drugs, but there are other drugs that can both help save their life, in the case of Narcan, or can help them get off of um, the hard street drugs that they're using, like methadone or Vivitrol. So what this bill would do would make opioid-reversing Narcan available to the public at large uh, through pharmacies, and it would also uh, require hospital ERs to carry uh, drugs like methadone to help people who may have been brought in on a uh, from an overdose, and then it would also uh, expand uh, medication-assisted addiction treatment in um, in prisons and some correctional institutes.
0: So the bill is at its final step uh, along the legislative process. It's on the governor's desk, and things are looking good, right?
1: Right. I don't want to get too far out over my skis, but um, I think everyone should be looking at their inboxes for invitations to the signing ceremony. Just a guess, but um, the bill was incredibly popular. Uh, Enactment in the House was unanimous. The governor has made this a huge priority, and a lot of his proposals were included in the final version that reached
0: his desk. All right. Hey, thanks, Andy. Thank you, Sam. For a little more than 36 hours this week, the Sport of Kings horse racing was illegal in Massachusetts. In the flurry of last-minute activity Tuesday night and into the wee hours of Wednesday morning, the Senate and the House allowed the legal authorization to lapse for live horse racing and simulcast wagering. Colin Young, you're in the starting gate here, so to speak. What uh, what, what happened earlier this week? Hey,
3: Sam. Am I in the right place? I thought it was a different podcast that did the... uh the The horse topics and horse
0: puns horse horse race kind of stuff i'm here anyway you're you're here go on (laughs) so yeah
3: exactly the legal authorization for live racing and simulcast wagering lapsed uh really at when when tuesday turned to wednesday uh wednesday morning the gaming commission sent a letter to the three uh tracks and simulcast centers in the state suffolk downs in revere east boston uh, Plainridge Park Casino and Racecourse down in Plainville, and the old uh, Raynham taunton Greyhound Park in Raynham. And the Gaming Commission told them, because the legal authorization had lapsed, to cease all operations uh, immediately. Uh, as you can bet, there was a great outcry from uh, racing interests. Um... Plain Ridge Park had to cancel races that were supposed to happen Thursday. Those are now happening Friday. Uh, Suffolk Downs was concerned. They had to send their employees home Wednesday, and at least the uh, first half of Thursday, because they couldn't open for simulcasting. And how,
0: how many employees are we talking about here? No, we're talking about
3: 40 employees there at Suffolk Downs. And, and Suffolk Downs is head and eye on this weekend. They have live racing, the 5th and 6th, days and final days of live racing at the track this year, and those contests were thrown in doubt uh, by the legislature.
0: And they don't do too many days of live racing per year, do they?
3: No, six total this year, and uh, this weekend, uh, like I said, are the fifth and sixth days. Yeah. So ultimately on Thursday, the next time the legislature returned to session, uh, the Senate and the House uh, extended the authorization for yet another year. Uh, that allows the races at Plain Ridge Park to go on uh, Friday evening and the racing at Suffolk Downs to go on on Saturday and Sunday.
0: But the legislature didn't exactly solve the underlying issue here, did they? Which is the authorization expires annually, so just down the track we'll be in this situation again.
3: Yeah, exactly. The authorization for racing and simulcast wagering now expires July 31st, 2019. So a year from now, the legislature, or within the next year really, the legislature will have to again extend that authorization and there have been efforts over the last few years uh, efforts that the gaming commission has supported to change the way that live racing and simulcasting is overseen in massachusetts Uh, there have been efforts to give the gaming commission more control over that and to allow the gaming commission a bit broader oversight of the the industry um, as a whole in hopes of maybe uh, avoiding situations like we had this week where an entire industry was made illegal for 36 hours.
0: Now, maybe this, uh, this blast of publicity, getting uh, these live races for this weekend in the news, worked out in the end?
3: Yeah, and in uh, maybe a weird and roundabout way, um, this 36-hour period of illegality may have actually helped the tracks because now people all around the state... Uh, are aware of the fact that there are live races Friday, Saturday, and Sunday.
0: Up there at Suffolk Downs.
3: That's it. See you at the track.
0: Yeah, some uh, pennies on the ponies, so to speak, right? That's it. Bet on the GG's. All right, we'll see you, Colin. To put a bow on the end of formal sessions now, in the run-up to this week, Governor Baker warned that there could be an opportunity cost to the fact that the legislature was three weeks late resolving a fiscal 2019 state budget. Matt Murphy, was he right?
4: Well, the governor certainly thinks he was right, Sam speaking on Wednesday after all the dust had settled on Tuesday night, and we got uh, to take a a full, complete look at what had reached his desk, particularly the death of the health care bill and the education bill. Uh, The governor suggested that the focus that had to be paid by senior uh, legislative leaders in both the House and Senate on resolving the budget for weeks took their attention off that. And there's certainly an argument to be made that uh, the uh, late state of the budget, along with the constant fluctuation in the Senate leadership this year uh, perhaps led to a breakdown in communication between the House and Senate in these final days.
0: Now, isn't it true, though, that waiting until the last minute has been the way the legislators operated for years now?
4: That is true. I mean, there's uh, the saying that the deadline kind of sharpens the mind. And and in a lot of ways, that is 100% true. And the legislature uses uh, the deadline, leadership uses the deadline uh, to kind of force compromises on these big complex issues. But uh, two things to that. One, uh, the budget has its own deadline of July 1st, And that is typically uh, something that they try to adhere to. And it could have avoided things like we saw today on Friday, when the governor vetoed uh, the proposed repeal of the cap on kids welfare reform provision, uh, the congestion tolling pilot program for the turnpike that many transportation advocates wanted, along with a change uh, to hours that uh, pensioners could work. Uh, Those all returned to the legislature with the governor's veto, and there's very little the legislature can do about that now. Uh, Two, There are bills now that the governor is finally getting a look at the final compromise, and he has returned. We saw on Wednesday he returned the Airbnb bill. We saw on Friday he sent back a data protection bill uh, that was a response to the Equifax data breach uh, earlier in this session, and he returned. A bill that would expand a civics education in Massachusetts public schools. He had concerns with both of those. And what we have not seen the legislature do as of yet is respond to the fact that they no longer have a Democrat in the corner office. This is a Republican who sometimes has some ideological and philosophical differences with them. And when they don't give themselves enough time to respond to the governor's ideas, uh, they may get stuck with either bills that are dead for the year or proposals that they don't really like.
0: What are their options at this point in informal sessions for responding to the governor's actions today?
4: There is hope that a lot of these things can be done, and a lot of that remains to be seen. Uh, The Airbnb bill, certainly some 38 lawmakers voted against the compromise that the House and Senate came up with. There are serious doubts that they'll be able to agree to or uh, reg- or respond to a gubernatorial veto if he should issue that. Uh, these latest bills that got sent back with regards to civics education and data, uh, we will see whether or not the House and Senate uh, agree to the governor's proposed changes. Uh, but you know, as you know, a one objection from any lawmaker, Democrat or Republican, and these will all have to wait until January in the next legislative session.
0: All right, thanks Matt, have a good weekend.
4: Thanks you too, Sam. State House Takeout is a production of the State House News Service. And
1: for a daily fix of State House headlines, visit MasterList.com. MasterList with two S's. Thanks again for listening. See you next week.